there there are three core problems with higher education in in general. Well, mm. I mean education in general, but I mean especially higher education because that's where most of the student debt is. Right. One, not all of it is publicly funded. Roughly about a fifth mm. of college is is actually publicly funded. I mean, you think about it. You as a citizen pay taxes. You give up roughly 20 to 30% of your wealth on average. If you're, you know, if, if you're, if in, you're doing, all, if you're doing all right. Yeah. And if you're doing <laughs> extremely all right, you don't play, you don't pay yeah. jack shit, but that's a topic for another that, That's time. a weird thing too. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you pay, you pay all this money into taxes so that you can have a good infrastructure for your children. That's the whole point of taxes mm. in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all all of that money goes to roads, bridges. Well, it's supposed to go to roads, bridges, education, healthcare, all that type of good stuff. And we still have students that, A, have to pay tuition. Yeah. <laughs> but also have to pay all the fees, all the books, and everything that goes with that, which I get. I get that yeah. college is something that you pay for as well. Mm. There are only three industries, though, in the United States that have grown in over 300% since the mid-1980s. Mm. Higher education being number one. Yep. The healthcare system that we currently have. Hello, Martin Shkreli. <laughs> and college textbooks. Mm. Everything else has relatively stayed within the same amount of growth. Those three... Particular yeah, yeah. instances, though, have skyrocketed in terms of cost. And there are three reasons to that. Mm. One, we've placed an overemphasis on a need of students to have college degrees. Yeah. And, and by college degrees, I mean undergraduate. I'm, I saw a, uh, uh, just an awful... And there's these go viral every once in a while, but it's like a screenshot of a, of a job listing... And it was like $12 an hour, master's degree preferred. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, there's <laughs> A, there's no one within their right mind that's going to take that. Right. And actually, well, I mean, I felt pretty desperate <laughs> with my master's degree <laughs> and I got scanned by an insurance company. That's still a story for later. I won't tell it on the podcast, but <laughs> yeah. but it, it's kind of one of those things where we've oversaturated the market with people who are qualified to do things that a there aren't a ton of qualifications for mm -hmm. and b there isn't nearly as much demand for as what there used to be right and as a result we have severely neglected in our public school system and in our private school system mm -hmm. an emphasis on trade schools an emphasis on vocational schools like votex schools like francis yeah, yeah. settle like Chisholm Trail Technology Center or whatever the one in South OKC is, North and Moore, whatever it's called. Right. Um, one that's in, stuff that's in West Oklahoma. I mean, that's stuff that we don't think about, mm. but it's stuff that is so critical, especially to infrastructure jobs. Right. Another thing is... And there's so many of those. Exactly. And there's so few jobs that actually require a collegiate degree. I mean, if you want to go and get a higher education, that's something that you should do. That's something that... By all means, go and do that, but go and do about it a smart way. I mean, had I had the chance to do college over again, A, I would have strongly reconsidered whether I wanted to go to college. Yeah, college isn't for everyone. And B, like, 
it's 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 kind of one of those things where it's just so unnecessary at times. Like I I've gone. This is my fifth year at UCO. Mm. Had I had the chance to do it all over again, if I had no choice but to go to college, I would have spent two years at OCCC or at Redlands or a community college where I knew that credits were going to be cheaper right. and I didn't have the pressure of doing them the yeah, way yeah. that they are done here. Yeah. And then I would have come here and only done major work. Yeah. Then it would have kept my costs down. Right. Another another big cause that people don't seem to think about is is that you have to go to some big university to get a college degree. And sure. you don't. That's, right. Well, it's... I mean, education's a big racket. So it's like, oh, are you going to an actual university? Whatever that means. Um, like... Should UCO be considered a university? I don't know. I mean, I'm glad it is because it looks a little more impressive on my resume. But that, that's the point. That's why anyone goes to a university over a college because it looks better on your resume. Yeah. I mean, but essentially the information that you learn is the same. Yes. I mean, and that's the whole point of transferring credits in and the whole point of going to get your like associates or undergraduate credits or general credits or whatever they're calling. I don't know. Yeah, but we, we, in an essence, we have placed this emphasis again. We've placed this emphasis that everyone has to go to college, and we place that this emphasis on everyone has to go to specific colleges. Mm -hmm. And I think that's created part of a problem. Yeah. And the the third and final thing that I'm gonna that I'm gonna say and just kindly close this up a little bit is that we've placed we haven't we haven't been smart about it i mean obviously colleges now especially private colleges and private universities are for-profit institutions yeah they're there to make money but for a public school especially a public school like say like the university of texas or the university of arkansas or somewhere like that mm -hmm. somewhere where you have to go in where say you don't want to stay within oklahoma and you want to go to another state tuition automatically rises by like yeah, yeah. five times yeah, it's it's a five hundred percent increase just because you're an out of state out student. Of state. Yeah, which is stupid. Yeah, <laughs> like it's 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 a racket. I mean, I'm I'm a person that thinks if you're gonna do a social form of healthcare, which or a social form of healthcare, a social form of education, then you have to start promoting vocational schools in there so that you can then bring the number of students who are trying to attend actual universities down. Mm -hmm. So that A, they require less funding, and B, we can start filling in those infrastructure jobs, those trade jobs, and start promoting our vocational schools. I mean, we do, vocational schools don't get nearly enough credit for doing what they do, and they do exactly what they do best. They teach people how to do exactly what they want to do in an exact way to do it. Yeah. And if that's what people want to do for the rest of their life, go for it. Yeah. Well, I think the... And so I'll, I'll make some counterpoints, uh, but I agree with you anyways. Uh, <laughs> and it's that, so it, I'm, I'm more just like stating what is the status quo. And so like right now, uh, like I mentioned before we were recording, we have this sort of display model of education. Um, and I don't know if there's, someone did a TED talk about it, but like we don't go to school to to learn the things in our major. We go to school to show that we did the work that we 
learned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we're we're showing that hey, look, this is an actual accredited thing that shows people that I've done the work necessary. If yeah. I if I wanted to get like so I am I'm a philosophy hobbyist as I've been saying a lot. <laughs> if I if I wanted to get a degree in philosophy, well, no, I just don't. I don't want to get a degree in philosophy. I want the information. I yeah. don't need to show anyone that I have a degree in philosophy because I don't care. I'm not looking for I'm not looking to what teach philosophy. Like I just I like it. That's why I'm interested in it. And so it's like I listen to Philosophize This, a podcast that like goes from the beginning of like philosophical writings and discussions and like goes all the way through history and goes in depth with every single one. Yeah. Philosophize This, great podcast. Um, but like and, and that podcast is basically like an associate's degree in, in philosophy. Um, but I mean, I can't put that on my resume. I can't go, oh, I listen to all of Philosophize This. Well, like that's that's yeah. not going to tell people that I know about philosophy. Yeah, what is no, going to no, tell no, no, no. people is a bachelor's degree in philosophy. And I'm not <laughs> and I'm not saying that getting a degree is bad. I'm not saying that getting a vocational certificate is bad. In fact, if anything, I want that to happen. But we've placed so much emphasis on one specific aspect of our education. And on top of that, we've made education to where it's very much a my way or the highway road, meaning that we have a set curriculum, we have a set number mm. of skills that we have to learn. And the biggest problem that I have with that comes down to general studies. Yeah. You've literally spent 12 to 14 years of your life in elementary school only for you to pay a university or college or even a VOTEC in some instances mm. to learn the exact same thing that you just spent over a decade learning. Yeah. But it, it depends what like what your scores and stuff were coming out of high school. Yeah, so and, it's and, like and you, that should play a, con a contributing factor too. But the over overwhelming majority of students mm. will never see the benefit of that. Sometimes, uh, like yeah, uh, I it, yes, it's, probably it, it's um, good to take those <laughs> classes. But for me, humanities was I've taken humanities three different times because honestly, I hate it. It's the dumbest <laughs> thing. Humanities is supposed to be a study of culture, and it turns into just an art, an overglorified art class. Well, it's an art history class, yeah, basically. I mean, that's not what humanities is supposed to be, A. And B, it's a waste of time for somebody who's studying strategic communications like myself mm. or someone who's trying to study some form of, like, forensic science or education. Well, I mean, education, it depends on what type of education, but like mm -hmm. someone who is in a science or media degree, you're really going to have them sit through and waste their time in an arts class. Right. It's just well, a inefficient and B you're gouging students for money at that point. What it is, is that they, the colloquial, they, the man uh, <laughs> has, decided that in order to be considered a college graduate, a bachelor, if you will, uh, you have to have at least some understanding of culture and math and science. And so it's like, it's not that, like, I get why it is that way. It's like for you to be an upstanding citizen that is, that has achieved this, this, powerful status of bachelor 
then yeah, you need to know a little bit of science, a little bit of math, a little bit of culture, a little bit of then everything. why go through primary? Then why go through primary school? Right, sure, and that's but like it really does depend where you went to high school or where you went to middle school because like if you, I mean, we went to PC North, that's like an upper middle class high school. Yeah. And we actually had like AP classes that are like college prep classes and, and they actually encourage students to, yeah. I don't know about you, but I took a whole bunch of pre AP and AP classes. I mean, I took a few of them. The bit, I mean, I, a lot of the time I also stuck within regular classes simply because in certain, in a lot of ways, AP classes just don't matter. Regardless if you take the test or not, colleges are going to say, well, we still want you to take this course because it's our college and that's what mm -hmm. we want you to do. So regardless of if you've taken the AP course mm -hmm. you or have taken the AP test, we just aren't going to accept it. That's right. basically what OCU did for my music theory test. Mm -hmm. Because before I before I was actually decided to go to UCO, I was still open. I was looking at OSU and I was looking at OCU. Mm -hmm. I went and had my music tryout at OCU and I I made I made it and everything like that. And then I went to the I went to the admissions office because I was like, you know what? I think I, I think I'm gonna take a look at this. And I told them that I'd taken the AP music theory test and that I had passed it and I had all the credentials. And they said, yeah, we don't care. Mm. That I mean, it wasn't exactly like that, but it be like that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and it depends on some of those because I, I took AP language or English lang, um, and that one did like, it did count. Uh, also took, uh, AP European history and that took care of like two classes at once. Yeah. So like it, I, I did save like, I don't know, like eight hours yeah. of, Class. It's, just, it's very hit or miss, and it's very <laughs> unreliable. Right. I mean, now, I mean, I took AP government, and I managed to get through AP government, and I passed the class. I mean, sure, sure. I passed the test. But, like, at the same time, it's just kind of one of those things where you sit back and you look and you're like, wow, why did I, A, why did I have to do this? And then when you're forced to take it in college again, you're like, wow, I wasted $200 on a test that basically ended up being worthless to me. Mm. Well, it was like just, $50, but. <laughs> well, it just and again, it just depends on some of the costs of the tests. Right. Um, but I but, don't believe if you're in a public school, you should pay for a test. Right. But, but that's me. Anyways. Assume, <laughs> yes. Um, but anyways, assuming that. But that's the thing is like, all right, so $50 to a upper middle class family. It's like, all right, sure. Like. You know, well, rich we, father sneezes that. Um, we're, but we're, I think we're using the term upper middle class very loosely at this point. <laughs> for <laughs> the school is technically upper middle class. We we definitely are not upper middle class over you here. You and my, you and me aren't. No, uh, <laughs> but like I'm saying, the school. So yeah, I'm, I'm speaking for the proverbial PC North like ideal student, which is like their parents are doctors or real estate agents or whatever, and like they sure all sneeze out a you know a few hundred dollars for you to get just, some college courses but like yeah. so I'm, but if you go to if you went to middle school in like western heights or something then yeah your stuff isn't going to be like they they weren't preparing people 
for that stuff there. Or even if they had those AP classes, like you hand like, oh, hey, I should take this test. It'll save me money in college. It's like, well, one, we're not sure if you are going to college because we can't afford that. But also, like, it's hard enough for us to, like, throw down 50 bucks this week because, like, we're taking we're care of other stuff. Eat. And that's and that that was hard for me. That's why I didn't take um, the second AP test, uh, AP Lit, because, like, I didn't want to ask my parents for the money to take that test because I am poor. So <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, that different schools in different areas are going to prepare their students differently. And if you go to school in a like middle city or inner city, like poor community, then that school isn't going to place a whole lot of value in like, Oh, you should prepare for college. They're going to be like, look, you're going to be a janitor anyways. So like, don't worry about it. It's just the way that we model college, the way that we model education is just so wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and, and we don't understand how how wrong it is to a certain extent. I mean, we I mean, we've grown up with the way that we've done education, the way that we've educated our kids for so long now that we don't even see the flaws in our education system until we've already been through it. Mm-hmm. And then when we try and go and do something. It, 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 it gets shot down as like some sort of big, massive liberal socialist agenda. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case at all. We're just saying, hey, we need a safety net. We need to change the way that we're doing things because it is not doing us any justice. Yeah. And it's costing us more. Right. It just, it just the links that people go to to live to a stupid ideology are just beyond. Me. Right, right. And uh, again, I'm just enjoying being the, the opposite side, even though I agree with you. Um there is still the people that decided to do stupid majors. Yep. And you know what? You decided to like go hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to study tuba performance. Um, <laughs> we'll use that to one. study tuba performance. Um, when no offense, in, tuba people, but uh, complete is, offense, tuba people. A, uh, no, no, complete offense, <laughs> performance people. Unless you are practicing. Literally eight hours a day. Why are you in a Don't performance degree? Don't do a performance degree. Like, it's just one of those things where you're sitting there and you're like, oh, hey, I'm a performance major. And you're like, oh, hey, guess what? You you can't do anything with that other than like teach people how to perform. I mean, that's, that's essentially it. And even then, you're going to have to take extra classes to be an educator. And it's just like... Well, not even that. You have to assume that you're going to continue on to your master's and then your doctorate. But you also have to still be practicing six to eight hours every day. You have to audition all the time. If you make it into a symphony, you do have to be like working that hard. But it's also the fact that like you're not the only one that's working this hard towards being a performer. And so everyone is gunning for that job. So you have to be the best of the best of the best. So unless it's, you it, unless you are determined to be the best of the best of the best, don't get a performance degree. It's 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 the equivalent a performance degree in my opinion, just looking at it and thinking about it just now as I'm thinking. It's <laughs> it's it's the equivalent of having a college degree in playing football. Like that's exactly what it is. I mean, yeah, cool, you can play football, you can play on a team. 
pardon my language, but big fucking deal. Like yeah. it, it makes literally, it makes no sense. It's 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 like saying that you're gonna go do chemotherapy because you're tired of shaving your head. I mean, it makes that little sense. Well, I mean, you're also just gonna like, sorry, chemo fu- people, fuck your skull up uh, by playing football. <laughs> so. Uh, I think we mentioned this last time. Yeah. Nobody should be playing football anyways. Um, yay, Adam ruins everything. Go watch that episode about sports. Um, well, actually, there was an episode, <laughs> a whole episode about football. So go watch that and then have football be ruined. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, there's there's some things that you shouldn't get a degree for. I think that if you want to be a, like, and there's there's some really good teachers and really good like majors that you can be taking but you don't actually need the degree for he's like i want to be a writer i'm gonna be an english major it's like cool you will you will get all of the like great information to be a good writer if you are like an english major but also you don't need the degree to say that your writing is good because if you just read all the things that you would have done in that in those classes in that major uh talk to all the people and ask for that wisdom, then you will get all of that information and you don't need the degree for it because it'll show if you write a book. See, I mean, and this is honestly, if you're going to go for a writing degree now, you need to go for something like journalism or media production or something like that. Because Uh, I was highly implying fiction, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, that's something that you can, that's something right there that people are actually a needing and B, it, it still allows you to write in that creative style, especially TV script writing. Holy sure, crap, yeah, yeah. TV script writing. That's that's a, that's basically writing a novel for TV. Right, but Hi. that's also fiction. Yeah, but at the same time, there's an actual practicality to that because not only in learning that skill in a media writing degree or in a journalism degree, you also learn it in other different fields that you can then network with other people in different fields. My dad always used to say that college is not about the grades that you make. It's about the hands that you shake. And dear God, I wish I learned that sooner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's something that we 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 don't take nearly enough. I mean, yeah, go to college, get a degree. But at the same time, you also have to interact with people. You have to get to know people. Right. And so here's the thing. No one is stopping you from walking into a classroom at any university. Yep. Just just go to your local university. Just walk in, sit in the classroom. The teacher might like pull you aside after the class and be like, who are you? I don't see you on my roll. Um, just be like, hey, I'm Mark from the fifth floor. I'm just here chilling. Yeah. And it's like you can probably talk to the teachers and be like, yeah, I I'm not looking to get a degree. I just like to learn. And more often than not, they're going to be like, cool. <laughs> I mean, or you can like there's a there's an official way of doing it by like signing up to be like an observer or whatever or like whatever yeah. it is. Um, but it's like it doesn't matter. Like if if the teachers are cool, which given, I don't know, 80 percent of the teachers that I've had, I'd say 80 percent. I'd say most teachers that I've had in college would be pretty cool with that. They'd be like, oh, you just want to learn this stuff? Cool. Cool. Park it. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm. I don't know. It's just the way that we do education is wrong. I mean, I, 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 I. And this is part of the problem that I have personally is I see things in a very big picture way Mm. as I can see beginning, middle, end, content, details, tell it like right then and there. 
And people don't operate like that. People just don't operate like that at all. I mean, you, you, you'll run into those people who are like, hey, I'm a visionary. I can see things. And then you run into people like the everyday people who are just like, man, I'm just trying to get through every day. Like, why are you bothering me about shit about tomorrow? And you're just like, because I'm trying to plan things for the next three weeks. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's aggravating. Right. But like, so, I mean, if you don't, if you don't want to go, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars into debt, you could just like, if you want to learn philosophy, if you want to learn English, if you want to learn humanities, well, humanities, since it's so like education focused, you probably need the degree just to like teach humanities. humanities. Such a niche degree. That's it's like the only ways that you can really get jobs in humanities. I know this because uh, my fiance is was a humanities major. She has yeah. a degree in humanities. And so it's like, you want to be like a museum curator, you do probably need that degree. Um, or if you want to be any sort of like curator, or like teacher, stuff like that, you do kind of need the degree. But if it's like philosophy or English or like creative writing, stuff like that, you don't really need the degree. Just do the thing. Yeah. Honestly, for a music composition, I didn't need the thing. Like I just needed someone to like push me to compose yeah and so i mean like and and i'm not gonna say that like getting the degree is a waste of my time because i do want to get a doctorate and that i do want to like have teaching at university as a backup plan mm -hmm. so like yeah i do need the degree for that but honestly like i don't need a degree to just write music i was gonna do this shit anyways yep. <laughs> so i don't know like and the, I, I said know. it before, college isn't for everyone. And no, if if you're struggling a whole lot, uh, maybe just don't. Don't go to college. Just, like, get a job, work your way up. Well, like, tons of people yeah, do I that. Mean, yeah. And it's important to figure out just exactly what you want to do. I mean... Mm -hmm. I mean, people are going to say that college is about a learning experience. You go to college so that you can learn what you want to do. That's a load of horse shit. You, yeah. you live in the world to realize what you want to do. I mean, me, I mean, I mean, ju just my particular interests. I, I want to continue to make podcasts. Mm. I want to be somewhat active politically. And I just, I, I, I really want to invest in alternative energy because I don't want to die within the next 40 years because some ass gasket decided it was a bright idea to pump oil out of the ground and shoot it in the air and make it to where I can't breathe. Yeah. That's just me. Um, and to be completely candid, you don't need a degree for that. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. But I mean, the network, the network, it does a, help. Yeah. The networking does help the network. I'm, I mean, I'm in college because of the networking a, yeah, yeah. And B because I would have never, I would have never met the people that I would have met had I not gone. Yeah. And I would have never talked to the professors that I have spoken to and who I right, right. know very, very well. And we, I would have never been pushed to think in such a radical way. I would have just stuck to the same way of thinking mm. that we've been so used to. I mean, that's why I'm such a big proponent of the esports program here. I mean, the esports right. program is something that, for the most part, no one else is doing in the state. We're going to be the first university to have a degree in video games, people. And by video games, I mean like 
video games and media and how you like report. It's like sports video games. It's like sports reporting, but it's esports reporting. You know what I mean, right? Right. Like, um, but that's the thing. It's like the it's cool, but also the industry came about in an organic way. They're like, yes, obviously Ninja didn't decide to go to school for streaming Fortnite. He just. Well, I mean, streams Fortnite. <laughs> and that's something about creative content that people don't understand is that you, when you're creating content, you're not doing it because it's a job and you're doing it because you actually like doing it. That's that's something that's something that big people don't understand. That's something that publishers in the video game world understand is that you don't put a set timetable on this because it's not. I mean, you can mm. and it can work out very well, but I mean. I'm just going to use Rockstar as an example. Rockstar uses Rockstar. For those of you who don't know, makes the Grand Theft Auto games. They've made the Red Dead Redemption games, and they've produ- they they they've dabbled in production of some stuff. And they mainly produce their own games, if I'm correct. What about those energy drinks? I'm kidding. They don't. <laughs> That's a different company. Go ahead. But when when you're looking at it versus something like Activision or EA, it takes five or six years for rockstar to introduce a new game Mm -hmm. yeah i mean gta 5 came out when 2010 2011 something like that something like that and we just got red dead redemption two eight years later no not quite eight seven years something like that eight Mm -hmm. or seven can't remember It, it, it it's one of those things it's like when you're paying attention to detail and when you're building something so incredibly Mm -hmm. vast and so incredibly breathtaking story-wise and visually. I mean, the game looks incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But story-wise, the game is one of the best stories that I've ever played. Mm-hmm. And especially from someone who also plays a ton of Call of Duty, who plays a ton of Battlefield, who plays mm-hmm. Battlefront 2 religiously, despite the shitstorm that happened on its launch. It's, it's one of those things that you can definitely tell the differences when people a take their time to produce quality content mm-hmm. and b apply to a business timetable simply because a publisher is telling them to do so. Counterpoint. One, uh, well, a few counterpoints. One, Rockstar has infinite money. Yeah. For for all intents and purposes, they have infinite money. Yeah. Um, GTA Five is like. I think it's like the highest selling piece of media ever, ever. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's the biggest. take that the Bible. Like it's, <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair in digital media, it does. I don't know how it translates into paper, but when you're looking, when you're looking at that type of thing and when mm-hmm. you're looking at details and when you're looking at quality, I mean, GTA five had to come from somewhere. I had to start somewhere. I mean, I, as much as I hate to say this about about like games like Call of Duty and games like Battlefield, it's just the same damn game recycled, right, right, right. but with different feet with with slightly different features and the same story, right. But but that first point is just to say they have infinite money. Yeah, they, they manage to sell the most possible. It's still like selling higher on NPD charts than like games that are coming out this year yeah i mean it, it's like you, hey you here's a super mario they, maker that's a best-selling game and also on that list is gta 5 still yeah <laughs> i mean gta 5 is gonna be up there for forever yes nothing's gonna take it down not even overwatch um, but like 
how did it, and it's just like, yeah, they've got infinite money, but how did they get that infinite money? Because they took the time to build something mm-hmm. that A, people wanted, and people knew that they could build a game that was going to mm-hmm. be good, and B, they took the time to invest and let the team just do their thing, right. and that's what made it the game that it is now. Counterpoint two, those people were working 80-hour work weeks. They were hell overworked. There were yeah. no, like, there's no video game union. So, like, no. there's no one to defend the workers' rights in the video games industry. And again, I'm... So... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so, like, sure, they made these extremely detailed and polished games, but it's also because they were overworked pretty much to death. I mean, Not, that's something that's come out under... Activision Blizzard about Overwatch, just the pressure on Overwatch, the yep. pressure on the pressure on Fortnite developers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't imagine that. I mean, and also, I mean, look at the pressure on. I mean, I would take a look at Activision in general, but also take a look at EA. Take a look at all these big titles. They're like, okay, we're making a business out of this. You're here to make us money, right? I mean, so, and I don't like bashing the video game industry. I love the video game industry, but at the same time. It's also in its startup, and you have to start taking a look at that stuff objectively. Unionize. Please, dude. Dear God. (laughs) Why do people hate unions? Um, Because, so in the same way that earlier you were bashing, like, oh, education, like, makes, or, like, the universities make us take all these gen ed classes that, like, I don't really care about because they don't specifically pertain to me. In that same way, unions tend to set boundaries that are like that are way across the board to like cover all the bases but if you're you know uh for example i guess in like the film industry yeah they they do have unions because they've been around for freaking ever now um yep it's like hey we have rules about how much screen time and filming time a baby can have so and it's like why that is so specific it's like yeah because like we've dealt with the situation because of because of the wizard of oz if if you ever wonder like why the film industry is the way that it is just look at the making of the wizard of oz and you're just gonna be like dear god now i know why there's unions yeah and the dog was paid (laughs) that's something that i (laughs) this isn't something that's funny it's just something that's just so laughable now if you've ever if you've ever seen or read the making of the wizard of oz or something like that do so. I mean, there is some crazy shit that happened making the wizard, making the movie The Wizard of yeah. Oz. To to get basically to get the Wicked Witch of the West green. I mean, they obviously painted her, mm. but the paint at the time contained lead-based oils. Oh, it no. dyed the actress's skin green for a year. Cool. The Tin Man was allergic to the paint that he wore, mm. and the suit was incredibly hot. Mm. The lions, the the cowardly lion, his suit mm. was made of real lion fur. <laughs> That's fucked up. They they yes, but they filmed in Hollywood in mm. the heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like every not like the 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 book even. I mean, the, there's a book on it now, but like, right, right. They had to hire people to dry out the suit because it would get so soaked in sweat. Mm-hmm. Right. The but dog that played Toto mm. got paid more than the workers who played the Munchkins. 
Yeah. But I mean, it was like, oh, like the 40s, 30s. Even still, but I mean, it just goes to show no, no, like, no, just, just how young multimedia industries, and it shows it a shows the progress that we've made. I remember in fifties actually. Never mind. Go no, ahead. it was it was like the it was it was before Gone with the it was before Gone with the Wind. Forties. <laughs> yeah, late thirties, early forties, something like that. But it goes to show the progress that we've made, specifically in that industry, and how we can use that industry's model to help build a new industry and build it better. Mm. Right. But like, okay, so there's that and there's like the really bad cases. But I'm saying like there's there's lots of cases where unions will get in the way of like really practical things. Oh, but yeah. It, but it's because of other instances that have caused the need for that rule. But like if you're if you're this lowly filmmaker or something, you're trying to do a, a film and it's like, oh, the union won't let you do this. And it's like, it's not I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just trying to like do this no, thing. And no. the union's like, no, you can't do that. And it's like, that's why people don't like unions, because the unions try and uphold the rules like all the way across the board, yeah. which makes sense. But it's like, all right, this is a little annoying. And so the capitalists have taken that sentiment and just driven it to an extreme to where it's, you're you're just supposed to not like unions now and not know why. Well, it's just it's this whole concept of like free enterprise and somehow we're going to build. I know I totally asked, like, why do people hate unions? But I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, it's it's kind of obvious. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like not only is that the mentality, because I totally agree with you on that. Mm. It's it's this sense of, oh, well, we want free enterprise and free enterprise translates to us as unregulated business. Yes. That we should just be able to do whatever we want, whenever we want it. Everyone else can just sit back and deal with it. Right. And that's not the case. I mean, the whole point... That's why there are nets outside of the uh, Apple, like, sweatshops because the uh, conditions are so bad that the employees are hurling themselves out of the building to try and kill themselves. That's... I mean, you t- you talk about famous instances in New York. I mean, that's that's an instance that's happened in the United States history where mm. an employer who blocked off the fire exits with more working desks so that he can have people work in there, fire and broke fire out, happened. and <laughs> all those people died. I mean, they burnt to death, and there were people who were jumping out of the windows trying to save themselves right, right. from the flames. And it's yeah. just like, that's why that. This that's why the union exists. exists and that's why the fire marshal's like no you can't have stuff in front of the fire exit it's like yeah. but we never use that but you will eventually <laughs> someone something will happen but uh yeah it's, it's <laughs> well i mean it also goes into i lost my train of thought train come back to me um, <laughs> i mean that's the whole point of government in general government isn't there to control the people and that's, mm. that's something that people don't understand is that government's not there to control the people. And at the same time, it's not there to be a business. Government is a massive social program. Mm. Government is essentially, I mean, it's essentially a social program. And I don't know how, how else to describe that. I mean, you are born into the society. and Insert Joker memes. Yeah. <laughs> Continue, sorry. All I have are negative thoughts. <laughs> but... You were born into the society under a set preconceived notion and rules that were built by a society before you. Mm -hmm. And we still, I mean, we still honor those rules. We still honor those laws. However, those laws, those laws have to change and those laws have to adapt so that it can be, so that it can A, be prepared 
for the modern society and so mm-hmm. that it can also so that it can also keep people safe and yeah. that, so it can keep the society from destroying itself i mean that's how that's how rome fell that's how germany that's how nazi germany became strong i mean i hate i hate drawing that comparison but when you look at the first two years of adolf hitler and when you look at the first two years of dictatorships and basically any dictator is what i'm getting if you look at the first two years it didn't mm-hmm. just happen overnight no and i f- and this is why people are drawing that same sense today especially in america yes and especially in america now i'm not going to use the t word because i know people are going to be like the president that guy it's that you you're starting to see a lot of these same similarities happening you're starting to see especially on the campaign trail this big push for economic and infrastructure development this big push for a big strong military we're gonna make ourselves strong or great again or whatever we're calling it something like that Mm -hmm. and at the same time we're also feeding this sense of like national pride that you should be proud to be this you you are a traitor if you are not proud to be this yeah and then the media becomes an enemy and then you manipulate uh, what the media does with propaganda and you sway, you know, well, populism and, to benefit well, you this as is a dictator. What got, I mean, this is what got Nazi Germany and so it got the Soviet Union at the yes. same time is it's just you have literally decades of time where the society has just been neglected because because we've lived to this hierarchy and mm-hmm. to this set, I mean, this specific set of rules that applied to the previous society or the previous generation and that previous generation just refuses to let go Mm. and it refuses to allow for things to change and it refuses to adapt. I mean, and eventually people get desperate. People get angry. They feel distrustful about the government. They feel distrustful about the people who are in the government. And eventually they start looking to, radical leaders they start looking to people who are going to promise swift decisive complete 180 change i mean that's why people drew to donald trump in the 2016 election i said the word (laughs) that's why people are drawing to candidates like bernie sanders and elizabeth Mm. warren yeah and are slowly but surely turning away from centrists like joe biden Mm -hmm. and from people like myself honestly which is kind of fuck joe biden Continue. Uh, hey, hey, <laughs> hey! Some uh, the, w- lay lay off, okay? <laughs> I, I'm a Joe Biden supporter to some extent. Like, fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> I I get the sentiment behind that. I do. And uh, there's there's some there's some very questionable things on that act, on on his his person as well. I mean, to and, and I'm not going to defend. Joe Biden. Joe Biden can defend himself on that. No, he, he can't because he's doing a really bad job at it. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's probably going to get the nomination. So, <sighs> and then Donald Trump will get another term. No, he won't. Uh, if if he Joe won't. Biden, if Joe Biden is the gets nominee, it, we are going to Donald Trump one hundred percent have a Democratic president. I mean, I know that you. I know that you're looking at that from from the party and from your point of view, but at the same time, you like having a centrist really completely throws the Republican base into shambles because they live to an ideology. Right. But that's the thing. Joe Biden 
is not the right centrist. Regar- I agree to a certain extent. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to support whoever's on the Democratic ticket. Have I mentioned Andrew Yang 12 times yet? Because I should. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you have. All right. Well, I, mean, uh, I-, I agree with some of his stuff, but at the same time, some of it's just like, it's an interesting way to approach it, but it's also the wrong way to approach it. Elaborate. <laughs> I mean, like universal base income. There should be, if if, and, and and I know that that's one of the big selling points of his campaign, and I understand that's like, oh well, if we're going to meet the rising costs of this, then we need to have universal base income. That's what we ought to do with our tax money. That's not what we need to do with our tax money. First off, we need to be taking that tax money and investing in social services and investing in things that are going to make the society a better and b bring costs down. Because think about what it. do social services do? Healthcare, education, infrastructure. Those are the big three. Okay. Now there are other things that are included in that, including the realm of that includes disability, the realm of and disability immigration, retirement. women's health care, retirement. Mm-hmm. But and the, and this and I firmly believe this: when you invest in social services, not only do you see the cost that businesses have to spend go down, because when the government's taking care of these things. They don't have to go spend money on health insurance programs. Mm. They don't have to go and spend money on this, that, or the other because the government's taking care of this. Now, all of a sudden, I can reinvest that money into my business or even then, I don't have to reinvest it at all. Mm. And I could just either go to charity with it or if I wanted to reinvest it and put part of it in the economy, I could do that. Or if I wanted to reinvest it and put part of it in my business, I could do that. I mean, it's just, it a frees up so much more money when, when we have social services set up and properly funded. Okay. Two things. Yeah. One, Andrew Yang is for universal health care. I, uh, yeah, I know. Okay. I understand that. Two, the things that the rest of the social services are just, Things in place that end up giving people money through a secondhand way. So well, again, let's, that's, let's that's, go with that's, like, that's because of bad tax policy. Right. But and let's, the 2016 tax rewrite did not help that. Let's go with disability. Um, disability is literally just a paycheck to people. Um, yeah. Because they can't produce their own income. Uh the freedom dividend, uh, <laughs> the universal basic income, is what he proposes is an opt-in program, which is basically you can keep your normal like disability paycheck, and let's say you're getting eight hundred dollars a month from that disability paycheck, you can just opt in to UBI and not do that disability paycheck, and just get a thousand dollars a month. And see, I and what that does is that so in order for people to qualify for disability, you have to have your application and status and all that looked at by real people and continue to check up and see if you are still eligible for this disability status. However, if it's universal basic income, you cut out all of that middleman and all of those people that are reading and filing and sending back mail and all that stuff to try and determine who and who isn't qualified for these disability benefits. You take all that weight off and just go, U.S. citizen, here you go. $1,000. See, that's all good in theory, but at the same time, the U.S. government is already currently undermanned in that type of thing, which is why we have a lot of the 
problems that we have right because we aren't spending the money on people to look at that and when we do and when right. people do vet that we don't we don't enforce it anyway so but you, you trim all that fat and just send people a thousand dollars or you could just pay for their social services and they just keep the money that they earn when they go to work it's actually cheaper to just give them a thousand dollars than try and keep them on disability i'm not saying that we yeah. sh- i'm saying that we need to rework everything yeah I mean, when you're, when you're paying too. for something like universal health care, that automatically covers disability. That covers stuff like that. That's what the whole concept of it is for. Mm. I mean, looking at health care costs, I mean, yep. just looking at health care costs, disability in literally any other country costs eight times less than what it does in the United States. Why? Mm-hmm. Because A, there are regulations on what people can do and can't do. But also B, there are the biggest problem is that no one understands exactly like Okay, how are, what, well, people do understand it. I'm trying to get my thought process out here, and I'm not doing a good job of it. <laughs> the, the big underlying issue is it's like, will universal health care cover, cover the big expenses, like disability? And, and, and that's kind of one of those things that if you have universal health care, then, then you don't have to worry about having to get a universal paycheck or anything like that or disability check because guess what you're already covered under the insurance program that's under the federal government porque no los dos i don't speak spanish bro why not both because there's going to be i mean obvious i mean i'm not fully a socialist i don't mm. i just don't believe where i see the benefit in doing a cost benefit analysis i don't see the immediate benefit of where we need a universal salary. I mean, giving people a universal salary to a certain extent, A, doesn't really help them out. It just throws money at a recurring problem. And it just... I it, beg to differ. Continue. It, it, it defeats the whole purpose of going to work. It defeats the whole purpose of working to a certain extent. I mean... Sure, are you... Are, I have you, a second I mean, point. Go ahead. You do. You do. <laughs> I mean, it just... it. I don't... And this is just me personally. I just don't see where it makes a lot of sense. And, he, and I've seen all the Andrew Yang spiel. I've listened <laughs> to a good majority of his debates. He's mm. a good debater. And I would love him in a secretary position. I think that's where he would be the most useful. If he was like secretary of housing and urban development or something like that. So, one which I'm pretty sure he's already been in that position. One UBI doesn't take away the value of work because $12,000 a year is below the poverty poverty line. You cannot live, you can't really live no. with $12,000 a year. But so you, at you, the you, same you time, you can't just, just be like a basement dweller with $12,000 a year. No, but I mean, it, it, it's a waste of money. It really is. I mean, $12,000 a year, $12,000 times 300, 300, nearly he, 400 million people. He's, he's done the math. I mean, it's just, it doesn't work. He's done the math. I know he has, <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day that you're, you're, it's, it's $3.6 trillion that had we just invested in a healthcare program or had we just invested in a proper education program, which by the way, only costs $890 billion to send every person to college free and clear. Um, yeah, that's also a number that no, he hold, ran, too. Hold on. Uh, I think that uh, not everyone needs to go to college. 
well, no, not everyone needs to go to college. But <laughs> if we were to take the number that is there right now, the co- the current cost of what it sends to send every person to ch- or every child to college that is going to college currently, mm-hmm. we could cover it for roughly nine hundred billion dollars. Right, right, right. No, no, that's fine. But I'm just saying, not everyone needs to go to college. I think that the focus on public education is yeah which is good yeah um i like it i think that the focus on public education is much greater than it needs to be i i do still think that college should be free but we also need to acknowledge the value that it actually provides exactly i mean it's one of those things where it's 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 all well and good to say that we're going to throw money at a situation it's all well and good to say oh well, we're going to universal income or <laughs> or health or medicare for all or free education for all what exactly are we getting from the benefit of that and that's just kind of one of those things that i just don't see okay I, so I, it, 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 it's <laughs> one of those things it's like how we do it is just as important as what we are doing i mean it, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's definitely yeah it's it's one of those things where you're I'm trying to say it, and I just lost it again. <laughs> Hi, I'm William, and this is my TED Talk. <laughs> um, it's one of those things, and this is something that I have to tell people every time that I go out for a campaign rally or every time that I go out for something like that, because in addition to doing this, I'm also president of College Dems at UCO. Mm-hmm. You're I'm not aiming for... come to one of your moody- meetings and just be a yang troll. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we don't... We don't really talk about issues because that's not our job Mm. we talk about building and investing in rather than like talking about issues because people are beat over the head with issues enough as it is i'm still gonna do it though i'm not but it would be fun (laughs) it's it's not overly large government but it's affordable right government for the right instance Mm -hmm. yeah i mean when you look at policy and when you're looking at plans it takes roughly two or four years for that type of stuff to implement I mean, that's what the big, that's what the, that's why it took so long for the New Deal effects to kick into place when the New Deal was passed. Right. Was because it was literally passing policy and trying to figure out what worked. And if it didn't work, it got cut and something else was put in its place that worked better. Yeah. And that's something that people don't understand is that when you're looking at policy, when you're looking at economic trends, like example, 2016 when Trump got elected and mm-hmm. the economy was roaring, the economy was doing pretty well i mean yep. it wasn't doing it was well for middle class up. people because middle class people weren't getting share in the investments but different story for a different time in terms of the numbers the economy was doing well that wasn't because donald trump sat down and said okay we're gonna do this 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 and this that's because barack obama beforehand had already said mm. we're gonna do this 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 and this two to four years earlier mm. so it's just, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like Honestly, there are too many candidates. Yes. There are too many candidates, and there aren't enough of them that have policies, that have interesting theories, and have interesting, and have, again, run numbers, and have said, you know what, this is this is a cool idea, this is something that we can do. It's just one of those things, I don't think it's going to turn out as we all expect it in execution, and why I would rather just have the benefit of a lot of a universal social mm. service rather than a universal income because i know if i had a universal income especially as a college student right now who i'm gonna be real quite honest i mean i have oklahoma's promise that helps cover my tuition that's the mm. only reason i go to school but 
I mean, $12,000 a year, $12,000 a year would more than knock out all of my expenses and I could live off campus. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah. Cool. And you can do that. It's just one of those things. It's I would I would have no other incentive other than to do what I would do. I know that for a fact. I know I would. I mean, okay, you can do that. Yeah, I know. I, I don't. Freedom. know. I don't know why I'm even talking about this <laughs> to a certain extent. Like it just kind of led here. Right. Well, yikes. So I. The voice. I like I like this <laughs> the because voices. and and that's. So you can do that. You're free to do so. Yeah. And that's awesome. Uh. Not everyone wants to do that. No. I'm not the type of person who can just not do anything. I'm and not so, either. and so, it, even if, even if I had like, you know, if I was just chilling on a hundred thousand dollars a year without having to work, I would still work. I would still do something. Um, which it would be nice if I had a hundred thousand dollars a year, but awesome <laughs> it would don't be nice. Even, don't even get me started on that. Right. But I mean. Okay, so even what you're just saying right now. So, oh, all this extra money would help again, a lot. And I, if you if you had your if you had a current job and then you add a thousand dollars a month to that, you can do a thousand dollars more. And that yeah, but at the same time, I'm not getting any of my economic instances. I'm not getting this. The situation that I'm in right now would not improve in a lot of ways. It would still be for the most part the same. Insta- for, you. for me, and if I were to go through and invest that thousand dollars a month and say, okay, well, let's take that thousand dollars a month or twelve thousand dollars a year, let's invest it with other people's money into an education program that just covered the cost. You wouldn't have to even spend money on the program. It just you can also do that. Yeah, I mean, it just <laughs> it just seems like a simpler way of doing it, and I, I just Freedom. don't see the point where universal income is gonna. It's not gonna. It's a temporary solution for a long-term fix. It's a long-term solution for a very fast need. Um, so and see, I don't see it that way. But <laughs> I mean, that's just the difference of opinion. Right. Well, consider. Uh, I'll use the example of food stamps because that's another social program. Uh, food stamps. I don't know if you've ever been on food stamps or or how that works. Um, I'm, I'm not going to respond to that. Right. Um, that's fine. I think that's yeah, no, the that's social, just... I think the social connotation of I'm poor is, uh, dumb. I've been poor. I'm not going to deny it. It's, it, it's just um, one of those things where it's like, I honestly don't know if I have or not right, in okay. certain instances. Uh, um, because I know, I know that I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that certain sides of my family haven't cause my family's divorced, mm. but I'm also sure that some sides of the family have been so i don't know if my fam if my family as a whole has or hasn't been right, right. it's just kind of one of those things where it's just okay. like eh. so food stamps is like a a card that they give you that only certain things are eligible to be paid for with this money yeah um but it's extra money that you wouldn't have had otherwise through like your job or whatever and so you have this extra money that you can only spend on certain kinds of foods. You can just cut out the middleman, and just hand people money. But through that that EBT program, they're like, "Well, we don't trust you with this extra money that we're giving you, so we're gonna only let you spend it on this." As opposed to, 
you could just hand people money and they'll actually do with it. And it's just, then they'll actually just buy the food that they were going to buy anyways. You cut out that middleman. Yeah, yeah, you don't need that's to an like assumption that they're going to do that. I mean, you can also I don't mean like sound, you can also smoke crack. Yeah, I mean, God, that sounds so it sounds so conservative of me to defend this side. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's kind of like I see where it can go. Mm-hmm. I see that that could be something that is enticing. I don't see where that is a long-term solution. It's just throwing money at a problem that's only going to escalate because you want to know what's going to happen when we send out $1,000 a month to people as the government without any sort of check or any... A huge economic boom because people are going to invest in small businesses and... A huge economic boom that's going to last for about five years and then companies are going to adjust. Corporations are going to find loopholes and things are going to change and expenses are going to continue to go up because they're going to calculate and they're going to say, oh, well, A, we don't have to raise worker wages because guess what? The government's providing a universal income, guys. We can, in fact, lower our wages. Cool. If you're doing all right at your job with UBI and then your job decides to lower your wage, start looking for another job. That's all in good to say, but at the same time, it's just, that's not going to be feasible in the long term. Not only would companies probably start lowering jobs, prices of goods would go up. I mean, that's kind of the thing that we the kind moment, of see. The moment that time. one, that like one store goes, all right, single orange is $10 now, but the other store, it's going to be like, nope, oranges are still a dollar. That's not going to happen. Competition Every, is- all, all, marketplaces are going to maintain the same are going to they're going skyrocket to maintain, prices at the same they're going time to competitive just, prices because otherwise they're going to go out of business i mean competitive in what way they're all making the same amount of money you no, just they're not. added a thousand dollars to the they're to not the all equation making the same amount of money well no no no. they're all they're making the same amount of money that they would have been beforehand But what I'm saying is that the corporate mind is going to adjust. It's going to adapt to that. It's going to change and say, okay, well, the government's providing this extra $1,000, okay? Mm -hmm. We are going to, as, let's just say gasoline. Gasoline companies are going to say, okay, well, they've got this extra $1,000. We're going to raise the price of gasoline by a dollar and a half, Mm -hmm. which would, right now in Oklahoma, it's like, 209 that bump it up to like 350 back to what it was in 2009 2010ish i think mm-hmm. i mean that's you you go from all of a sudden paying $20 to $50 mm-hmm. for a tank of gas imagine what that's going to do to the trucking industry where diesel is already a dollar and a half to 2 dollars more expensive. the trucking industry is going to automate all those jobs away anyways no they probably won't Automation isn't something that's going to be feasible for technology. Why do you think Tesla had to recall all of those, all their, all the most of their self-driving cars? They're the Teslas still drive themselves. They had to recall those, and even then, they still are under heavy scrutiny and heavy investigation yeah. because they get into wrecks. Because they, I mean, granted, right, they don't. So you're just assuming that progress, technological process, progress, isn't going to happen. I'm saying We're just that there's gonna always make going to be a any need. sort of. Automation is just not going to happen in the future. Take, I mean, self-checkout is a perfectly good example for that. I mean, yeah, bigger industries are putting in self-checkout lines, but at the same time, they hire cashiers. Why is that? 
because it they need to like because transition people, everyone because people <laughs> need jobs people need jobs economies need jobs to survive now i'm not saying i'm not saying that that couldn't happen it could very well happen but the chances of it happen aren't as big as what everyone thinks the trucking industry isn't going to go autom. the trucking industry is 100 not going to go automated i mean tesla just filed tesla just filed blueprints to have a so- to have an electric powered semi-truck they actually have done way more than that. Mm. They just announced it. They just fired, filed, blue. They've just filed patents for blueprints for an electric pickup. That's my bad. Mm. Right, right, right. It's just it's one of those things where I, again, it's looking at it and it's just like, I I get what you guys are saying on automation and I get what you guys are saying on universal income. It's just like, that is not anywhere close to happening and it's not a it's just not a priority, to me at least. Sure. Um, you know what is you're, a you're not you're not. You know what is a priority to me though? What would be really cool to see? Electric charge stations. Oh my god! I was at Whole Foods the other day. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was. They at, have I, them. I, I know they have them, and it's just looking at that, and it's like you know the only reason that electric vehicles aren't like a mainstream thing is because the infrastructure isn't in the rural areas. Yeah, that would yeah. be something I'd like to see with that money. Let's take that money and invest it in that. Or you can let the private industries such as or Tesla I could just Im- to- or I could just create a government subsidy and say hey businesses we're going to cut this much off of your taxes to go and do this or we're going to help you out with the cost of this so that you can go build this that's the whole point of incentivizing can do that as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> ah you can do that as well yeah but it's yeah why sorry not? i love talking about why this type of all? stuff it's it's kind of one of those things it's like i think that and and we're gonna wrap up here soon. Yeah, but no, like, you're good. I figured it was. Just, we talked about like an hour now, right? But <laughs> I think that you yourself were talking about how oh, corporations are going to be greedy, money minded, and they're going to, you know, raise their prices or whatever. They have been. They always have been. Nothing's going to change. All right. Then what is stopping corporations from being greedy, grubby minded, and automating away all those jobs because at the end of the day the automation isn't going to do the automation is going to help with that and you've seen that to a certain extent there aren't as many cashiers as walmart they're starting to look into that type of things where they're saying hey we can just apply this type this type of machine to do this type of job but i mean at the same time you can't robot technology or artificial intelligence or whatever we're calling it <laughs> self-driving whatever i mean it's the same reason why we don't have teleporters and float and hover cars and sure. laser rifles yeah and starships i mean I, i'm it's a sarcastic yet, yeah but yeah 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 it's just kind of one of those things where it's like a i don't think that there's much of an interest there with the exception of facebook because mark zuckerberg's a robot clearly yeah <laughs> but at the same time they know that that would a piss off a lot of people mm. because people care. And this is something that people don't ever under understand about the industry and it, how businesses work and how communications work, which is why I'm in the communication field is that you can have the best product in the world, but if you're the worst salesman or you're the worst people to your sales people or the worst people to your mm. business or whatever, people are just going to go somewhere else. Sure. That's what's happening with Walmart. Yeah, mm-hmm. Walmart's still one of the biggest retailers, and Walmart's still making a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. But especially here in Oklahoma, 
The only people who shop at Walmart are lower class and below. I mean, that's that's not me like being racist or saying anything stereotypical. That's just what. No, happens. that's just true. It, it it is. I mean, when you look at uh, when you, I mean, especially here in Edmond, I mean, there's there's the neighborhood market Walmart and there's Super Target, and then there's the big Walmart all the way out there because Edmond didn't want the Super Target Walmart or the Super Walmart in <laughs> in the city. Sure, they're like, hey, put it out by the highway. They fought vigorously against the one that they were going to put even further north up here. Mm. I mean, it's just one of those things where, because and, and uh, the reason that they fought that was because the people didn't like it. Mm. That's something that people need to take into consideration because public opinion definitely matters. Mm-hmm. And that's why that hasn't automated yet, because they know, and especially tr- especially for the trucking industry, they know that there are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of truckers that do nothing but drive every single day. Yep. They know that if they automate those jobs, that that industry is going to have a fucking riot. Yeah. And at the end of the day, yeah, you, you're, you're going to put people out of jobs. And when those people don't have money, I mean, this was kind of the same instance with what the coal industry did. Mm-hmm. In, it, it's similar. It has, it's not quite the same, but it's similar. The coal industry in Pennsylvania, in West Virginia, in Vermont, where the coal industry hired all of these workers... Technology came in. Technology made things easier for the mines to work. And technology made the mines somewhat irrelevant. So they either closed or dried up or they just let go of their workforce. Mm -hmm. And those people couldn't find jobs anywhere else because they didn't have any sort of other certificate or any type of other type of training. They didn't Mm -hmm. go to any higher education because there's this perceived notion that you have to have higher education to go do something that you're you're good at doing and that Mm -hmm. you can prove that you're good at doing. And those people, those communities are dirt poor. I mean, those are the communities that voted hardline Donald Trump. And it all played mm. into that notion that these people are desperate. These people have been neglected for so long now that they are now looking at completely radical ideas that wouldn't have crossed into their minds beforehand. Wouldn't it have been nice to have had a thousand dollars a month whenever you got laid off from your coal job or your uh, factory job to be able to I would transition onto something else. And see, that's what we're not, that's, they didn't transition. There was no, because there was nothing in place to help. Because there was nothing else, period. Mm -hmm. Those were the life. This is, and this is the biggest fear that I have for Oklahoma because the oil industry is the biggest lifeline for Oklahoma. Oh yeah. It's going to explode. What happens when the oil industry goes? Because the oil industry is going to go in 20 to 30 years and no one is acknowledging that. No, no one cares. Money right now. We are going to dry up. We're going to, yeah, we're all going to either move away. We're all going to, or we're all just going to stay here because we have no money to move. We have no money to do this, that, or the other. And a thousand dollars a month isn't going to do jack shit for a family of four whose income. It'll do more than nothing. Saying it'll be more than nothing is like saying a breadcrumb is more than nothing to a homeless person or saying that a cardboard box is better than nothing. That's that's not a long term solution. Mm, I disagree with the analogy there, but <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever, man. I right. know you. We we probably need to wrap this up. We've I been going. F- I feel like you've been making my point in some of your points, anyways. So I feel like you've been making been my point in some of yours. Hey, um, there, yeah, <laughs> and there's no reason why they can't coexist. Right, and that's why this is a fun conversation. Exactly. Um, exactly. I don't even know if you heard me on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 
in all of our disagreements here, we're like, yeah, but this, but this. And then we're like slowly shaping. We're doing through. what politicians should yeah, do. Yeah. We're going through this conversation. We're slowly shaping a little bit closer as to what might work, what might not work. And we're conversation. Yep. That's the point. <laughs> um, and I don't hate you or anything. Yeah, no, um, no, absolutely this, not. This dude. is fun. This, this is great. Is, this is <laughs> uncomfortability is something that makes you grow and it makes you learn. And I, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's, and I'm probably going to go home and do more Andrew Yang reading because hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just something to read and it's something that genuinely makes me curious. Right. So. I'm not going to do any, any, uh, Joe Biden reading. That's Fuck just that, man. rude. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm just being real honest with you. Joe Biden is just not, not great. Neither is Kamala Harris. Sorry. I don't not like sorry. Kamala Harris either. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a big Kamala Harris person. Tulsi Gabbard. Pretty good. Pretty cool. She's Pete Buttigieg. Pretty good. Andrew Yang light is basically, I think people that support Pete Buttigieg think mayonnaise is spicy. So <laughs> I do think mayonnaise is spicy at times. <laughs> I don't like mayonnaise. <laughs> uh, that is just implying that is yeah. very bland yeah, yeah, yeah. taste. Sorry. But, I'm boop. totally playing for your mind. Anyways. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Anyways, we, this is good. Have more of these discussions, not just you and I, but everyone with everyone. Yeah. Because this is how we determine how to think for ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> Thank um, you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, plug your shit. Um, if you guys don't know who I am, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's going to do something. My name is William Pope. I am. I'm not going to edit anything. Oh, well, there you go. Yikes. <laughs> Help. Um, my name is William Pope. I am a content creator. I am local here in Oklahoma City. I'm the president of College Democrats at UCO. I manage a podcast called Open Broadcast that specializes in communication and specializes in how we communicate through social media and through the modern world and how we've kind of lost that. Yeah. And how conversations like the one that we're having right now yeah. really plays into the modern world and it teaches people how to like each other again and it yeah. teaches people how to respect each other mm. again because uncomfortability makes you grow sweet yeah and i was on that podcast so give it a check out episode yeah. comes out here in the next couple of weeks sweet boys yeah uh although depending on when this episode comes out they might like run into listen check to them out. both yeah just check listen out to them both. open broadcast it's great um, Check out Bit Depth. I'm pretty sure it's also great. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Uh, Will, thank you for doing this with me. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, man. <laughs> uh, I'm Santiago Ramones. I'm William Pope. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music. Go to SantiagoRamones.com slash podcast slash machinations. Look at, uh, look at and listen to the all of the work that I put into my master's recital, there's some cool stuff in there. Machinations is like Black Mirror, but with music, exploring ideas and technology and the future through music and lyrics. It's a lot of cool stuff, and I'm very happy with it. You can also find this podcast on all of the things, leave reviews, comments. You can now support the podcast through anchor.fm slash Santiago Ramones, and you can subscribe and give a dollar a month if you want because 
uh, it's hard enough to like try and schedule these things and make <laughs> these things happen. So, okay, uh, right there. or, you know, having an audio interface with one dead preamp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so little things help, you know, um, you should totally do that online too. I mean, yes, you can also do that on open broadcast. Anchor is the best thing ever, dude. Anchor, uh, I, I just switched to it and I'm like, this is, this is a lot easier than manually doing yeah, it and distributing so it to everything else. So, uh, you can support the podcast, our podcasts through anchor, um, do it boys. And it'll make sure that I continue to have the motivation to keep your ear entertainment going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I always have my podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.